0: Hello and welcome to the Pixel Swim Podcast, Episode Forty Big Four <laughs> O. This is the podcast where I take a dive into my personal journey through design and technology and where they meet, plus other tidbits I find interesting. My name is Steve Heinrich, the host, uh by myself yet again. <laughs> anyway, this is going. This is being recorded on Wednesday, October twenty fourth, and will be released on Thursday, October twenty fifth, two thousand eighteen. Visit Pixelswim.com for all of the show notes and social links if you want to follow along or follow me on Twitter or uh, God rest its soul, well, soon to be Google+. Plus. <laughs> anyway, so if you want to follow along on those, I am on Twitter mostly, so you can follow me there. I've been trying to post more stuff. I haven't posted a ton, but... When I do, it, uh, usually I talk about that stuff on the show. So you kind of get an inside look at the, <laughs> the tweets of things to come on the show. Either way, yeah, that's Pixelswim.com. Again, there's a comment section on the show notes page that you can leave a comment on. So go ahead and go to Pixelswim.com for all of that. And you'll notice that it goes to pixelsw.im at uh, pixelswim.com forwards to that. So don't be <laughs> too shocked when you see that in your address bar. They, it all goes to the same place. So, anyway, let's dive in. And I think I mostly just have notes this week and feedback. So let's just get into that. And first of all, I just want to sh- do a big shout out and a thank you to Steve Litchfield and Ted Salmon on the last episode of the phone show chat podcast which was episode 469 they at the end of the show i was <laughs> just listening to the to the whole podcast it was just head and see they didn't have a guest this week and uh, out of nowhere i just uh steve mentioned that yeah uh, he gave a shout out to my podcast here the pixel swim podcast so i really appreciate that it was <laughs> definitely a surprise did not see that coming he was mentioning the fact that i went over my device history i finally finished up my device history and that he thought that was uh, an interesting idea to kind of go from you know device patient zero <laughs> as it were is uh, device number one through for me it was it's 34 now uh, this lg g6 that i have is number 34 so uh yeah uh, i do have a page up now on pixel swim on the, pixelswim.com on the website if you want to check out uh, my phone history page. It's in the main navigation with all the other links there so you can check out from 1 through 34 for all my device history and also I put at the bottom of that device history page the three podcast episodes where I talk about the entire list. So I went over uh, 10 of them and then another 10. And then I finished them up with like the last 14 of them a couple episodes ago. So check those out. But yeah, he had brought it up because uh, Steve had brought it up because uh, he thought it was an interesting idea. So I uh, appreciate the the shout out. And and yes, to answer Steve's question on there about and Ted, really, they talked about solo podcasting and how it's probably very difficult and different than, you know, having a co-host or guests and or both. And and Steve was right that there is a lot of pauses in the show that I have to edit out. Essentially I'll, I'll be talking and need to stop and think and so there's there's a lot of editing, there's a lot of post <laughs> a post production as it were. To edit out all of the pauses and some of the ums and the ahs just to make myself sound a little bit smarter. But yeah, he was spot on with <laughs> with how it works. It, it's it it is difficult. It takes a lot of time to edit after the fact. I have to basically go through the entire thing and make sure that it's a tight sounding podcast, like it's all one <laughs> continuous thought. I think sometimes maybe it's obvious when I switch topics that I've paused in between. Uh, topics and stuff like that. But yeah, that's just a little bit of (laughs) how the sausage is made here at Pixel Swim headquarters. Anyway, uh, yeah, thanks again to Steve and Ted for that. That was uh, I appreciate it. I did see my uh, my numbers go up a little bit. You know, I got a a couple extra (laughs) listens this week, so I'm sure that's a direct result of that. So I appreciate it. I will put a link to that Episode of PSC or phone show chat in the show notes if you want to go check that out and skip all the way to the end. Don't worry about all that stuff with Steve and Ted. They just babble on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Listen to the whole thing and at the end they they do a shout out. So again, just thanks for that. And I kind of mentioned it a little bit moving on here that I am still using my G6. Uh, I think I was mentioning in the last episode or the episode before that, that I was potentially going to do a little bit of a detox like a smartphone detox and put my sim in the lumia 1020 i haven't gotten around to doing that yet so it's still uh in my list of things that i want to do but uh, i just did not get around to switching over to the 1020. hopefully i can do that soon because i really want to just get my sim card in there and take a little break and, you know, maybe enjoy, try and test out and enjoy the camera on the 1020 a little bit and really get to know it a little bit better than the, you know, the snapshots around my desk here. So I'll try and keep everybody updated on that. Maybe I'll, 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 again, if you aren't following me on Twitter, I'll probably post when I switch over to the 1020. I'll probably have to post that from my PC or from another device because the Twitter experience on Windows Phone 8.1 is very limited so although i think you still can post tweets from windows phone 8.1 through the browser and there are for twitter there is sms services where you can tweet via sms but <laughs> not ideal but We'll see how it goes. Uh, Again, I'll keep everybody updated. But in that same vein of thought with old Windows phones, uh, I mentioned last time that I was looking at an HTC 8X. And this is a device I had owned previously. I was looking at it on eBay to try and find one for my archive. And I had found one for about $35. Or actually, it was $30. And I decided to get it. Yeah, when I recorded the last show, I was just looking at it. So... I did check out and get that device to have in my archive because I really loved it. And so I got the device in this week and I've had it for a couple days now. And the first thing that I noticed, which was really odd and probably the first time this has happened because it is a used device, but it's in really good condition. Just, you know, there's a few light scratches on the screen uh, that don't really get in the way. So anyway, when I got the device in, it actually had. I could tell right away that it had not been factory reset. And I was kind of like, okay, that's weird. And so I'm I'm in because, you know, the, uh, the setup, the Windows phone setup did not, it didn't show up. It wasn't the first thing. Usually the first thing in the Windows phone setup is a language selection. And it just went right to the home screen. And so I was like looking through things on the device on this HTC 8X. And I noticed there were some photos in the gallery. I noticed there was some text messages, a call log. And it was obvious uh, looking through it pretty quickly that this was whoever was testing the device at this. Because I got it off eBay. And so I think the seller, whatever office was where they were testing this device, they forgot to factory reset it. And so it was kind of strange. All the photos on there, there was nothing risque or anything like that. But, um, you know, it was of the office where the de- device was being tested and all the text messages and phone log were clearly to, I think, T-Mobile looked like. And that's the other thing is there was an active <laughs> T-Mobile SIM card in the device. So not only was it not factory reset, it had an active T-Mobile SIM card in the device. And so naturally, I was trying to make sure, you know, that it was an actual active T-Mobile SIM card, you know, so I was testing out the data, sending text, you know, multimedia messages and text messages and to myself to see. And yeah, it for sure, it was an active T-Mobile SIM card. So again, like I said, it was not, not a factory reset and a SIM card in it. So essentially I could just start using that device as my own. If I, if I really wanted (laughs) a second line, they sent me a, a ready to go second line or But yeah, I'm, you know, of course, I'm not going to actually use it. So I contacted the seller that that there was an active SIM in it. Do you want me to send the SIM back? Uh, They haven't gotten back to me yet because I just sent that out, uh, that email out to them. But yeah, the first time that's ever happened where I got a device that wasn't factory reset and upon receiving it. So uh, they got lucky (laughs) with the right person sending it to the right person because anybody else could have... easily exploited that so luckily they got luckily I was the the buyer so they better give me some good feedback <laughs> and I'm, not, I'm confused about what kind of feedback to leave them I guess it's not a negative thing but anyway I thought that was kind of weird but either way with this HTC 8x because it originally came with Windows Phone 8.0 on it um, when I originally owned it that's how it came But through the Preview for Developers app or program on Windows Phone 8.0, you can sign up or activate your account on there and essentially start getting preview downloads. And with that brought 8.1. This is when I originally owned it. So I remember using the HTC 8X with Windows Phone 8.1 because as soon as I got it, you know, it's uh windows phone 8.0 is not the not a great operating system in itself just because of its lack of features and and certain things like that so i immediately through the preview for developers brought it up to windows phone 8.1 and got all of the the new features that came along with it but with that said this hdc 8x that i have now is on 8.0 And I completely kind of didn't look into it enough. And the fact that the Preview for Developers program on Windows Phone 8.0 is no longer supported by Microsoft. And so I cannot get this HTC 8X to update to Windows Phone 8.1. So it's for now, it is stuck on 8.0, which is not a fun way to use the device. You know, it's not the for to to own this device for kind of nostalgic reasons. It's not exactly that's not the experience I want. I don't want the 8.0 experience. I want 8.1 on there because that's how I used it when I had it originally. But with that said, I'm going to keep trying to see if I can find my way into 8.1 through this device. So if anybody has any idea how to get this HTC 8X, to the to Windows Phone 8.1, uh, please let me know. I've tried the Windows Device Recovery Tool. Unfortunately, the software or the firmware they have on their server is still 8.0. It's the version that I have on the device now. So that's unfortunate <laughs> with this HTC 8x, but it's not. You know, it's not the end of the world. It is to have on hand and to, you know, as much for the form factor and the camera, which all still work as they should in Windows Phone 8.0, but I kind of would love to get 8.1 on there somehow. So I don't know if there's some sort of hacky way that I'm going to have to go about that at this point. I don't know if there's some sort of image to flash out there that somebody's got, but I cannot do any official updating to 8.1. But yeah, reach out if you have any idea how to do that. <laughs> any of the the people from AAWP, you've come over here. If you have any idea, please help, help. <laughs> anyway, I'm not, it's not critical, but um, it would be really nice to have. But uh, yeah, so far I've just been using it on 8.0 a little bit. Just, you know, had it off to the side, getting everything set up, seeing what I can do on 8.0 and whether or not it even makes any difference to me. So I'll keep reporting back on that HTC 8X. Again, it's in my archive. Now I got to stop buying (laughs) phones for my archive, but uh, probably won't get another one for a little while unless I think of one, which I cannot. I think, you know, honestly, I'm thinking of one right now. The Lumia 640 probably would be the the only other device, uh, Windows phone device that I'd want to keep in my archive. And it's kind of funny, outside of the HTC G1, the first Android phone that I have in my in my archive, I guess you could say I just kind of hung on to it because I knew it was the first Android phone. Other than that Android phone, I don't have any Android phones that I want to have on hand (laughs) or keep in my archive. Even the Moto G third gen, which I still have, I wouldn't be, you know, devastated if I didn't have it anymore which is kind of to me (laughs) that's kind of telling as far as my my appreciation for Windows Phone and what it is I mean partially it could be because Windows Phone is kind of on its way out and feeling extra nostalgic about it but I really don't think so because some of these and you know I don't miss (laughs) the interface on old Android devices you know I don't I don't see myself kind of longing for an old Android device even my G1 like I was just saying I don't even think about that one very often but my Windows phones for some reason I do uh, and, I, and I've said it in the past I've always kind of felt at home on Windows phone and wish it had continued but either way I would you know for now my archive is includes that HTC 8x and uh, probably eventually the Lumia 640 so we shall see in the future. But uh, again, I'll keep everybody updated on that. Oh, and I think that maybe the HTC 8X I could use as a detox device, especially (laughs) because it is on 8.0. And so it's even more limited than Windows Phone 8.1 and thus can only do so much on it. But either way, let's uh, move on. I want to move on to some other feedback that I received after the last episode. So on Google Plus, Hallelujah. <laughs> I had uh, Jamie Clark responded to when I posted the episode onto Google Plus, which you can go do as well. So he reached out talking about taking a break from some of his smartphones and smartphone features and kind of doing a you know a, a mobile phone detox or or especially social media. he says he takes he has to take a break from. Uh, he says he has to remove social media apps from his phone from time to time. Otherwise, he'll stare at them for far too long, just scrolling through feeds with no real purpose or opening, closing, reopening the same apps over and over again. (laughs) That's exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's part of that's one of the biggest part of the biggest part of why I want to kind of take a detox is because of these bad habits, these kind of obsessive things that i do on my smartphone and so he also says the problem is that whenever he removes the apps like the social apps he'll catch himself going through the browser <laughs> to get to the mobile web pages and he says it's a habit that's tough to break and it, yeah it it is it's a very it is habitual uh, these things you do with your devices so yeah i can see just on installing the social apps off your device it's not enough because you can access most of them through a web browser. So you can't completely get away from them if you continue to use your phone. But I also mentioned that I have looked at getting a Nokia 3310 in the past, one of those one of the new ones the 3G versions to kind of get myself away and as far away as possible from a smartphone. Not as possible because as far away as possible is no phone at all. But either way, uh, just to have, you know, the basic features and stuff like that, but uh, definitely need discipline to get away from doing all of the, the bad habit things and and just mind numbing, scrolling and stuff like that from on a smartphone. So a feature phone isn't a bad idea to kind of detox maybe for a couple of days. So I have looked at the 3310, the Nokia 3310, which is like the, the classic candy bar style phone just updated with you know some basic features for today but I don't know if I'll go that route that's I'm still looking again I've mentioned it already but I'm looking at using the 1020 to kind of do that because it, it you know it'll be limiting enough while still having maps and podcasts and music you know which are really the essentials oh and you know phone calls and and all that so that and also having a decent camera on it so Again, that's kind of where Windows Phone is falling these days, but either way, thanks uh Jamie for reaching out on Google plus and yeah, everybody, take a detox if you're <laughs> If you're scrolling through Twitter while listening to this, you may need a detox and anyway, also want to say thank you this week to Frank Neethart, who reaches out quite a bit and feeds back. On a lot of the episodes, which I always appreciate. Thanks, Frank. And he reached out on the show notes page in the comments section. And he was uh, because I've been talking about getting my wife a smaller phone. And I had talked about the Unihertz Atom, uh, which is like a tiny, like two and a half inch Android device with actually decent specs on it. But it might I was always I'm just been concerned it might be too small. And so Frank has been suggesting the iPhone SE. And I've been looking more and more into that because I feel like that size, that form factor, is going to be really good for my wife. And so Frank mentioned this week or this last week that maybe trying out an iPhone 5s it might be you know kind of a cheap way into to testing whether or not iOS and the form factor because it's sens- essentially the same size as the SE. And if we wanted to test it out, you know, at a cheaper price to start out with that, you know, 5S might be a good option to to test things and see how we get on before we kind of invest a little bit more money into an iPhone SE. So I've actually have been talking to my wife about this and (laughs) about making the jump over to an iPhone and Apple and iOS and all of that stuff. And she's uh, open to the idea. I've had to. You know, over the years, I've kind of (laughs) because I've gotten I've we've I've had us on Android for many years, obviously, since the first Android phone. And I have always kind of had a hesitance to go over to Apple and, you know, kind of pledged my allegiance to Android. And I wouldn't say that I got to like fanboy level with Android, but I've just always kind of saw Apple as the mainstream option and I've always kind of veered away from that but in the past few even months really and since I've started this podcast and since I've been watching a a wider array of of opinions and 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 reviews and stuff like that I've kind of opened my mind much more to trying out iOS and using iOS and kind of this false war that's going on between ios and android and and people taking sides and i've kind of really relaxed myself in that that dichotomy if if you want to call it that the 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 war between the the os's that that doesn't actually really exist it's just you know a bunch of people getting upset over an an operating system on their phone which i know there's reasons for each side and that's kind of the whole point is that there are good reasons to use each operating system. So I've only really used Windows Phone and Android. And so I feel far more open-minded these days to trying out iOS and seeing how I get on with it and how I like it. So I don't think that that's a bad thing, obviously. <laughs> you know, I just, I I am never, I, I don't ever want to be, an Android fanboy, you know, or a Windows phone fanboy. So maybe I'll try out iOS and try and become an iOS fanboy. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so he said, again, Frank suggested trying the 5S to kind of dip my toe in the water or our toes, (laughs) my wife and I's toes in the water with iOS. So definitely we're getting closer, Frank, I think, to actually doing that. We might even just jump into the iPhone SE and see how that goes because I think that form factor is going to be perfect for her and she won't lose any of her apps and won't have to change, you know, she can still use all of her Google stuff on there and have the form factor that she, you know, really wants as far as smartphones go. You know, I mean, obviously the, the that Unihertz atom is, I think that's going to be too small for the operating system that's on it, but again, I'll keep reporting back on that because that'll be <laughs> that'll be a big day in my tech life when I finally have purchased an iOS device. So I definitely will feedback on that. But thanks again, Frank, for reaching out and always kind of, you know, he's you've been suge- he's been suggesting that iPhone SE for a little while, and I've definitely been hearing you know hearing the the positives to getting that device. So. Hopefully I can report soon on whether or not we do that. But anyway, moving on, I also this week and I'll talk a little bit into a big chunk is this feedback that I received. I don't think he's going to realize it. But uh, Kyle Helms, I he provided a link to (laughs) to a a, what's called the Helm personal server. And I guess he was sent a link to this product by a friend because his last name's Helms and so it's the Helm personal server it's not his product or anything like that but just kind of a coincidence that it has a similarity to his last name but anyway so he shot me an article on Engadget about this Helm personal server and essentially it is really it should be called a personal email server although I think it does do all sorts of server stuff (laughs) file storage and And stuff like that, because it also does calendars and contacts and stuff like that. But basically what this is, this Helm personal server, it's a it's a kind of a small server that you keep in your home, connect to your network and you connect to it through an app. Uh, They have a Helm app and basically it's an easy way to set up your own personal server at home, email server and file server. So the whole idea behind this personal server that you keep at home is to take back control of your data, And <laughs> just like a lot of stuff that I've been talking about on this podcast. And so the server actually offers up a lot of good features and security, and it seems like a really good option if you really want a pretty quick and intuitive way to set up a home email server with your own domain name which is something that i'm super interested in honestly i've been using nextcloud not for email necessarily but for calendar and contacts and backing up photos and stuff like that which i don't know if this helm actually will there is an automated way to back up your photos but with that said, yeah, it is more of an email server, personal email server. At the t- at right now, there are some services that they plan on in implementing soon. So right now, the the service features are email, calendar, and contacts, custom domain registration and management, unlimited email accounts and aliases, feature and security updates, storage for offsite encrypted data backup so basically you purchase this device you hook it up to your network you get connected to it which and this is i thought was kind of interesting an extra level of security on this helm server is that you have to connect to it via blue, your phone via bluetooth at least once in order to set up your account on this server so basically they're calling it proximity-based security So essentially, I'll just read a little bit of the rundown here. It says to protect your device, which is this Helm server from being hacked, we've created a new security protocol or architecture, I should say, called proximity based security. This includes the creation of a proximity token, which narrows device control to only those people who have been in physical proximity to your Helm. In order to use your Helm account, you must first complete a one-time device authorization using the Helm app. Bluetooth's limited connection range makes it ideal for ensuring that only a nearby device can pair with Helm and have the proximity token shared with it. Once shared, your device carries the proof, quote-unquote, of having been in proximity to your Helm everywhere you go and no longer needs to be near it. The combination of your password and the Bluetooth-enabled proximity token creates a strong two-factor authentication that provides the ultimate control over access to your information. Yeah, so yeah, kind of an interesting idea. I've never actually seen anything that requires that kind of process for setting up on, on a new device. So the design of this thing is actually kind of cool too. It looks a little bit like... think of like an uh, a thick textbook and you open it up in kind of a tent formation (laughs) and set that tent up on the table Uh, that's kind of what it looks like it's very similarly sized as well very kind of non-intrusive an interesting design I can't say it's the most beautiful design obviously but it's definitely not an ugly piece of technology it's not like a an old cream box that you turn into your own web server, you know, that you uh, installed Ubuntu on or something like that. This uh, looks it looks pretty good. You know, as far as design goes, not too bad to keep around your house. So basically how this device works is you purchase the hardware and then also on top of the owning the hardware one time purchase, there is a $99 a year per year subscription fee. And I forgot to mention this is US only. Uh, and the server itself is not cheap. It is $499. So you pay one time for the server, that is $499. And it comes, I believe, with 120 gigabytes of storage on it with the option to upgrade the storage. I guess there's another slot to put in another hard drive if you need more storage for your email. Yeah, so it's $4.99 for the hardware and then $99 a year for the subscription to Helm their services, which basically takes care of, it looks like it takes care of your domain name management and stuff. So here, it, there's actually an FAQ where it talks about why there is a subscription service as well on top of the, just purchasing this hardware. It says internet service providers normally don't provide their customers with networking capabilities that are required to run an email server. In most cases, upgrading to an expensive business class internet service is needed. The, sus- the subscription service is that is part of the helm service handles this for you without you having to upgrade your isp we handle all fees associated with domain registration and renewal when you create a new domain for your helm in addition we also provide storage for off-site encrypted backups and include access to new features service new features service and security patches which I think is fair enough. $99 a year is not too bad, especially if you're already willing to pay 500 bucks up front for this little server. And again, this, if you want to go to the show notes, definitely helps to go through Helm's website. They do a really good job of explaining everything and how everything works. And that way you can also see the design of the product itself. So there are a few kind of interesting <laughs> or choices of just having people standing with their arms crossed on some images saying take back control of your data taking back control of your data has never been easier and there's just a, a lady with her arms crossed and so I guess she's that's uh, what taking back control of your data looks like is you looking kind of confident slash upset with your arms crossed so anyway <laughs> so a few of the tech specs for this server It has a quad-core ARM Cortex-A72 processor, uh, crypto acceleration and assurance module. Not sure what that means. It has two gigabytes of RAM, 128 gigabyte SSD storage, which is what it comes with, which is nice that it's SSD. So it has full disk encryption. and It has encrypted backups. It has a built-in battery backup for safe shutdown, which is pretty cool. So it has two USB 3.0 ports on it. It has a gigabit. Ethernet port as Bluetooth 4.2, and it's got uh, the Wi-Fi, all of the 802.11 Wi-Fi bands on it. It's got a one-year warranty, and it's 499 bucks plus the 99-dollar subscription fee. So another big thing that they talk about on their website and uh, makes sense is so you you're hooked up into this your own personal server, but you also have to have a Helm account. But they explicitly go over the information that they collect themselves because the whole idea of this server is to not have to rely on, you know, third-party services and that your data is yours. So they explicitly go over the information that they collect. So they only take your name, address, payment information, your domain, and your DNS records, which makes sense to connect everything, and they, the information that's for just the user information they collect the device information so the server information that they collect is device diagnostics such as temperature software versions enabled services connection status connection type and serial number so that's all the only data they collect off of your device and they only collect or they actually they also collect support information so anything related to customer support including information customers provide so that to me seems a little open-ended but I think they they're really their thing up front is you can they're they're trying to put out a, a persona of trust you know basically we, we we collect as little as we can basically to make this service work uh, and nothing more but yeah I th- definitely thought this was if <laughs> a great idea and I honestly I, I wish I could find more products that were like this because this seems like a good idea and honestly something I wish I could get and set up but obviously right now it's not it's not really feasible to do it but the I think the really the big thing about this helm server is that it's all packaged together and a lot of it's taken care of and it's a lot easier than doing everything yourself and setting everything up yourself because it's no small task. So and they do provide support, which is nice. And for like I said, for ninety nine dollars a year, that's fair. I think what they're offering overall is pretty fair. I think the hardware might be a little overpriced, but maybe not. Maybe I mean, if you were buying a new computer, that would be something. You know, it, it's not an. Un- I don't think it's unreasonable. Let's just put it that way. I don't think four ninety nine for the server is unreasonable. So definitely an interesting idea and definitely plays into the my whole getting my my email and my data and everything away from third-party services and back into my control but again it still to me still feels a little bit like you're still kind of relying on a third-party service because you do have a company here that you have to pay a subscription to use this so you're relying on the fact that they're going to be successful and open and and all of that now I don't know how if it would be possible to use this device without helm in the picture where you could manage it on your own I don't doesn't seem like that would be something that you could do with this so but at least it's a good a step in the right direction to say the least so. Check out the link in the show notes to that. Or you can go to thehelm.com. It's T-H-E-H-E-L-M.com. And check that out. Again, this looks like it's only in the U.S. at the moment. We'll see how successful it is if it rolls out, you know, to other countries and stuff. But it's, you know, it's not the worst option in the world to kind of get all that stuff set up and running in, you know, in your hands you know the the ability to turn it off yourself <laughs> like having a home server is i like that idea you know but with that said actually this week too i had there was a couple of things that went down actually yesterday which was tuesday a couple of things that went down and when i say went down like services that i use that were down uh, my stable hosting hosts host my my, the shared hosting that I use where I host the Pixel Swim website and other websites that I work on it was actually down pretty much the whole day yesterday so that was (laughs) really kind of annoying because I actually do have my email that I run through there the steve at pixelswim.com so that runs through my hosting so I was unable to use that email yesterday or receive emails from that email address yesterday and it was just, yeah, it's, it's, unfo- stable host has been good. Uh, they've had a couple issues, I will say, since I started working with them or using their service. But I think overall they've done, it's been pretty good. It was just uh, almost a, you know, maybe eight, eight or 10 hours down yesterday because they, but the, you know what? They were very transparent about what was going on. So they have a Twitter account for their support that was you know that I was following that was giving percentages of how close they were to back up and they were accurate cuz when they were at 60% it was wasn't much longer after that before my website came back up so uh yeah if you <laughs> if for some reason you were trying to go to pixelswim.com on October 23rd and it wasn't working or trying to refresh the podcast feed on that day that's why so The feed lives on that server and all the MP3 files do too. Well, most of them. So that was down this week. And then also I'm on Mint Mobile, which is my cell phone provider for, you know, talk, text and data. And they were my MMS, my multimedia messages or service was down I could not send or receive multimedia messages just those specifically all my data my talk and regular sms was working and talk was working or voice I should say yeah everything was working fine just the mms but that luckily came back up this morning so that was down for most of the day too so Kind of interesting. And I was it's funny because I was actually seeing a bunch of things on Twitter, too, about I think I saw like Apple cloud, Apple's cloud went down or something. A lot of a, couple, a lot of things going down. So I don't know if they're all related, but just always kind of weird when a bunch of stuff goes down on the same day. And yeah, I was just dealing with that. Which is not fun. It's never fun when anything goes down. It's hard for me to, <laughs> to you know, because at first I always try and troubleshoot and figure out if it's a, you know, a bigger problem on a larger scale or if it's just me, you know. And, and so luckily, fairly quickly, I was able to find out that it was on a larger scale, which honestly is always a relief because usually they're working on it because it's affecting multiple peoples and it usually gets fixed. So when it's something that's just me, a lot of times sometimes never find a solution or never, you know, never gets fixed. But luckily it got everything's back up and running now, which I think is good now. <laughs> Very articulate. Anyway, uh and and also kind of talking about, you know, Google and and getting away from third party services. It's funny because I talked about Google signing people into the browser automatically when they sign into their Gmail account. And that that whole mess that they got themselves into recently where they were signing people into Chrome when they signed into their Gmail account. And so this actually happened to my wife <laughs> when she was at work. She was Uh, she's going to school and she has an internship so when she was at her internship she had to send something really quick for school and signed into her gmail account through her browser on her work computer to send something to a classmate and it signed her in to chrome and started bringing in all of her settings completely screwing up her chrome install on her work computer which not cool. (laughs) Not cool at all. I I think they updated it in a more recent version of Chrome, but I don't know if she had that updated version, which is why I think that happened to her, which, which, yeah, again, not, I don't know, more and more, just trying to get away. (laughs) You know, honestly, I feel like I'm just trying to get away from Google right now, which is difficult. It's so difficult because their services are so good. But yeah I just wanted to get that data point with my wife and with that issue that she was having, so all right, so no other real links to share this week, so I think we're kind of running into wrap up mode right now, and yeah, like I always say, thanks <laughs> for tuning in. We're the big four o pixel swim podcast, episode forty, which is crazy to me, and so this coming January, I think we'll be at a year already, so we've been going for. About nine months now, which is crazy to me. So, we'll have to figure out how to. (laughs) I'm always looking at ways to make the show better, and a lot of times it's just me rambling on here. But I do try and do (laughs) my best to keep things interesting. So, I, I, based on the fact that people are still tuning in, I think I've done at least a decent job of that. So, for forty episodes. And, you know, I'm going to keep going anyway. Stop listening. Go ahead. Stop listening. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Please don't stop listening. Anyway, I uh, appreciate it as always. I'm, I'm just grateful to to be at episode 40. And it's crazy to me. And just uh, keep tuning in and visit pixelswim.com for all the show notes and the social links to connect and leave feedback. Uh, you can email me at steve at pixelswim.com. And yeah, always appreciate any feedback that comes in is always, I love it. So it's uh, it's it makes the show more fun. I think for me and for everybody. I like when people feedback on other podcasts too, and then getting the uh, reaction, you know, of the the hosts is always it's always interesting. So, uh, yeah, thanks again for tuning in. Tune into episode four one forty one next week. So, yeah, thanks again. Have a great afternoon how we start with the afternoon or evening or breakfast or time where you're falling asleep listening to podcasts or <laughs> cause i'm guessing that's uh i wouldn't put it outside of the realm that my podcast is something people fall fall asleep to but either way have a great night thanks again and god speed